Okay, so we're in a series now called Hidden Treasures, and the, this is talking about the hidden treasures that that are found in Christ. And it talks about the supremacy of Christ. This is written to the church at Colossae, and Paul is writing this letter to them from prison. And there's a bunch of like false teachers that have come in and tried to introduce all kinds of crazy stuff. And and basically what this letter, it's a letter, it's four chapters long in your Bible. And um, this letter was read to the church at Colossae from beginning to end. We're taking it apart little sections at a time. Um, and last week, Kule did just a fabulous job. Did anybody hear that? I thought she did just an amazing job talking about putting off our old self and putting away the things of the flesh and, and what the Bible calls the old man. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, clothing ourselves with the characteristics of Christ. And, and I'm going to offer you some hope in the fact that, you know, we really do have a choice in putting on the things that the Lord has called us to put on and, and to get a new outfit. Anybody like getting a new outfit? Just me? Come on. Who likes to get a new outfit? Yeah, come on. Ladies, you with me? <laughs> so we're going to be talking about letting, letting ourselves be clothed with the things that, that Jesus provides for us. And it's a really hopeful message. So I hope that you get that out of it. Um, so, you know, clothes are basically the first thing that people see about us, right? It's, it's like clothes, like there's the saying, clothes make the man, Right? And, um, you know, they say that you should dress for the job you want rather than the job you have. Have you ever heard that saying? Dress for the job you want rather than the job you have. And there's a meme where there's a guy sitting there in a Batman costume. And he's like, I don't understand why I'm being disciplined. I'm dressing for the job I want. You know, but, but today we're going to talk about, being, uh, about dressing for success. And this is not the success of the world and, you know, climbing up the corporate ladder, but this is talking about true success, the true blessings that, that the Lord wants to offer to us, the, the, the promises and really the, the prosperity. And I'm not just talking about financial, but having a full life, having an abundant life, having joy, having peace, having gratitude and forgiveness and all the things that, that we yearn for, that our souls really were created for and we yearn for these things. But clothing says so much about the person. You can see somebody dressed in a certain uniform and you instantly know what they are. So you can see that when someone wears a uniform, it, it says a lot about at least what that person does, right? For a living or, you know, and you hear about people who are, they undergo disciplinary action because they're wearing a particular uniform and they behave in a way that is not consistent with the, with the uh, standards of whatever that particular organization is. And so we're going to talk about that today. Um, how many of you have, uh, those of you who are married, you have an outfit on and you think, you're thinking you're looking really good and, and then all of a sudden your spouse looks at you and goes, you're not wearing that, are you? <laughs> Isn't that the most stressful thing? You're like, wait, I thought I was looking good. And their spouse is like, mm, 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 go change, seriously. Or, you know, the, uh, the proverbial, do these pants make me look fat? You know, you never want to answer that question. Um, but Mark Twain says that we should dress for success because he quoted, he said, naked people have little or no influence in society. 
So apparently that's true. So we're going we're gonna to talk about dressing for success. So a little review. Again, last week, Ule talked about putting off the old nature, putting off anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language and idolatry and lust and greed and all of these things that are inconsistent with our character in Christ. She talked about how to to put on your new self. In verse 10, it says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and to become like him. And so the hope in this is that, that the Lord he asks us to do a specific thing and then he equips us to do it. He asks us to go stand at the, the, the closet of our character, so to speak, and pick out the outfits that he has placed in there for our use. Um, years ago, I had a little private music business and um, I was asked to sing for the king and queen of Norway and it was actually the third time that I had sung for them. But this was singing with a band and everything. And, and it was a big honor, but it was really, really stressful for me because I had to sing some songs in Norwegian. So that was kind of stressful. And I would have these stress dreams that I was wearing my um, long black formal and my rhinestones. And then I would look down, I'd be on a train. I'm always on a train for some reason in my stress dreams. And I looked down and I had on like these hideous brown working boots. And I was, it was the most stressful dream. Um, but the Lord has provided outfits for us. And so we're going to talk about that today. Would you mind standing again and just reading the word with me? We're, gonna, we're only going to cover five verses, but, but they are jam-packed. So here we go. Colossians chapter 3. It's going to be up here. Um, this is actually the New Living Translation. I memorized most of it in the New International Version, but today we're going to be reading it out of the New Living Translation. So starting in verse 12... Go. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. You can be seated. Okay, so we're going to talk about having a wardrobe change. You know, when we're born, so we're born, the Bible says we were conceived in sin. We were born sinners, even before we ever sinned. Not because of the stuff we did, but because of our nature. We have what is called the flesh. That is, that, that is our natural tendency. That is, that is where we would go if we were unrestrained. That is, the, the Bible says that, that the acts of the sinful nature, you know, our divisions and factions and all of these things. And like Ka'ule talked about last week, anger and bitterness and rage and idolatry and all of these things, that is our natural tendency. That is where we would go. I mean, we are naturally born 
very selfish. And until we surrender and are born again by the spirit of the living God, it is very difficult for us to overcome the acts of the sinful nature, to overcome our flesh. But because of the fact that Jesus calls us to put off those things, he hasn't called us to just leave this vacuum. He's called us to put on something else in exchange. And this is our wardrobe change that we're going to talk about today, where it starts in verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. Okay, who chose who? God chose you. Okay, now there's you know, there's a, there's a lot of theological debates about the sovereignty of God and Calvinism and all of this. We're not talking about that today. But the fact is God chose you. However, because he chose us to be the holy people that he loves, we must do certain things. And one of the things we need to do is to clothe ourselves with tenderhearted mercy. Now, what this means... Tenderhearted mercy is also translated compassion. There's not an exact translation in English, but this is basically talking about not just like feeling empathy or feeling compassion for someone, but it really means like getting down with that person into that area where they're really hurting. Like feeling it. This is what the Bible talks about with mourning with those who mourn, weeping with those who weep, grieving with those who who grieve. And, you know, this doesn't come naturally to us most of the time. And one of the things that I've been praying recently is that the Lord would, would help me to see people, to really see them, to see what they're going through, to really hear what they have to say. Because our natural tendency is just kind of to be in our own little world and kind of focused on what we're focusing on. But this particular mercy, the tender-hearted mercy means to really feel with people when they're hurting and to really have that empathy for them and that compassion for them. The next thing we're called to is kindness. And again, this isn't just tolerating people and being phony. This is actually being kind to them and not just, you know, not not entering into conflict with them but it means even if they're if they undes- they're undeserving that we're still we continue to be consistently kind we're also called to humility humility doesn't mean self-abasing it means not that you think less of yourself but that you think of yourself less right we're called to prefer others we're called to consider others better than ourselves which goes so contrary to our society, which says, I'm entitled. I have my rights, right? That's my right. Well, when you're a slave to righteousness, you forfeit your rights. And I'm not saying that that means you have to be a doormat, but it means you have to consider others better than yourself and not just other believers or not just people who are nice to you, but we are called to humble ourselves We're called to look different than the people of this world. We're called to stand out, not in a weird way, but we're called to to shine with the love of Christ. And we're called to gentleness, which means not being abrasive, not being rude, means, you know, being, being gentle with people, being understanding and gracious. And we're called to be patient. Anybody got that one down? 
patience. <laughs> yeah, patience. You know, I want to just correct something. People always say, don't ever pray for patience because then God will put you through. God is good. God is always good. Anything that he puts you through is for your benefit. So if, you, if, if God lays it on your heart to pray for patience, pray for patience. And he will, in fact, test you. And he will not probably feel any obligation to explain to you what he's doing. I've found. <laughs> but God has called us to be patient, which means to endure things, even when inside we're like, ah, I want this to change. Because what we do is we pray something and we think, I want it now. Right? Is that not how we are? I want that prayer answered now. I am not willing to wait. And then God doesn't answer our prayer in the way that we want. He does answer. His answer is wait. But we don't like that answer. So then we get ticked off at God. When in fact we should be getting ticked off at ourselves for being impatient. But God has given us the ability to be patient by his spirit. You know, in the Israelite culture, clothing was a really, really big deal. I mean, for us, it's kind of more like just an expression of who you are. But in the, in the Israelite culture, like back in the old times, like starting in, in Exodus, the book of Exodus, there were very specific rules that were given and and especially for like the high priest who was to represent all of Israel they had very specific um garb garments that they had to wear this is an example of one um and every single thing in this represents something which I think is so cool like you see all 12 of those that is called the breastplate of decision and they were the priests were always supposed to have that on and I think it's awesome because it covers up the heart, which is the center of the emotions, but that that breastplate of, of decision, there are 12 stones on it representing Israel. And everything in, in this is really, really symbolic. And the thing that we're called to put on, the clothing we're called to put on is also really symbolic. But we don't, we don't look like this. But hopefully, I just want to ask you a question. Do you have the reputation at work for being the most loving person in that entire company? Do you have that reputation? Because that is, that is what we're called to. We're called to be the most loving. We're not called to look like other people. We're called to look different. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls us strangers and aliens in the land. The, the Bible says this is not our home but that we are called to a higher standard. And we are only able to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're called to mercy. Say this with me. Mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Let's say this again. Mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I love the fact that where God guides, God provides. Where God calls you to do something, he gives you the ability to do it. And that's the promise that he's giving us in this passage. So it says in Colossians 3.13, after having mercy, putting on mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, it says, this is the easy part, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. No problem, right? little tiny little sentence make allowance 
for each other's faults. Do you have a reputation for being a person of grace? A person who makes allowance for other people's faults? Or are you somebody that can point out everybody else's sin? You know, my pastor Daniel used to say, it's easy. It's very easy to identify other people's sin. It's a lot harder to help them out of it. Am I right? It's a lot harder to help people out of their sin or to walk with them through it than it is to just stand, stand off to the side and be a critic. But it says that we're supposed to make allowance, which means we're supposed to demonstrate grace to people, which means that when they do something that annoys you or something that ticks you off or something that just aggravates you, that you die to yourself. Rather than expecting the other person to change, you change you. Because you can't change anybody else. It is not possible to change another person. And we just forgive the people who ask for forgiveness, right? That's what it says, right? What does it say? Forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone. This doesn't just say the people you like. It doesn't just say the people that you agree with politically. This says anyone who offends you, which means Jesus understands you're going to get offended. People are going to offend you. They're going to do things that are going to hurt you. They're going to insult you. As a matter of fact, we've been warned that we will probably be insulted. Hopefully it is going to be for the sake of the name of Christ and not just for our own stupidity. (laughs) That's, That's always my prayer. Lord, let me be known. Let me be persecuted for your name's sake, not just for being an idiot, because that's not That isn't what he's called us to. (laughs) Says, remember, the Lord forgave you, so therefore what? You must say that again. The Lord forgave you, so you must. Not as easy as it sounds, but also not impossible. Forgiveness always starts with the decision to do it. A lot of times you're not going to feel like forgiving And even when you make the decision to forgive somebody, no matter what it is, no matter what the offense, it's not going to be an easy thing, but you make the decision, I forgive this person for whatever it is. Not, Lord, help me forgive, or not, I want to forgive. It is, I forgive. I choose to forgive. So you think about the, the faces that are coming to your mind right now. Those are the people you're supposed to forgive. That's what the Lord's calling us to. And he is giving us the ability to do it. The thing is, we want uh, justice for others, but we want grace for ourselves, don't we? We want justice for everyone else, but we want grace for ourselves. Say, for example, you're driving down the road and you're, you get pulled over by a police officer and the, the police officer says, excuse me, um, you were going 75 in a 45 mile an hour zone, but this time I'm just going to let you off with a warning. If you really wanted justice, you'd be like, oh no, 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 no. I deserve a ticket. You should give me a ticket. Does anybody ever do that? No. What we do is we're like, thank you so much. I can't believe it. Yay. We're so excited about that. And that's what we want for ourselves. We want grace for ourselves. But if we drive down the freeway and see somebody texting in their car, 
We want justice for them. We want them to get pulled over and we want them to get a ticket, right? But if we're texting, it's like, I'm the exception. I can text and drive. Most other people can't, but I can. Don't text and drive, okay? Elbow the person next to you and say, don't text and drive. And if they are texting and driving in the car, you can ask them to stop. It's not rude, okay? You're driving a a chunk of, like a ton of metal at 65 miles an hour or more. Don't text and drive. Okay, that was a, that was a freebie. Colossians 3.14 says, above all, okay? So now you're supposed to put on mercy and uh, kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, but above all, clothe yourselves with what? Love. Above all these other things, clothe yourselves with love. And again, I ask, are you the most loving person at your job or in your neighborhood? Are you the most loving person that, that when people see you come in to your, little, your local coffee shop, they're ecstatic to see you because they know that you are so kind and loving and generous? Or do they see you coming in and they're like, oh, what is the reaction? Because we are called to be people who, above all else, are covered in love. You know, when you think about Jesus hanging out with the sinners, Jesus wasn't sitting there looking at them going, you guys are so disgusting. Jesus was looking at them going, I love you. And that's what we're called to. We're called to be people of love. And I'm not saying, you know, to, to excuse abuse or excuse anything that is harmful to another person, but I'm saying we are called to be people of love. That is what should precede us, okay? And it says, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And then next, we're called to put on peace. So the next garment of clothing that we pull out of our character closet is peace, We put on peace, which says to me, it is possible to have peace. It is possible to not live a life of anxiety and to not live a life of stress, that you can put off those things and put on peace. Now, what is peace rooted in? Is peace rooted in just kind of like this, this like, it'll all work out? Or is it rooted in faith in a God who is in control? That is what our peace is rooted. The peace is not rooted in the fact that we're just oblivious. It's rooted in the fact that we serve a God who is for us and who loves us and who has gone before us and who knows our future and is not freaked out. You know, I've been through, I've been through a lot of things in the last couple of months that have been really, really difficult. And I just go out and I just walk and I just say to the Lord, God, this is on you. Lord, this is on you. I can't change it. I can't change any other, any people. I can't change my circumstances, but I trust you and I look to you. And I'm telling you, when you do that, when you choose to take out that outfit of peace and put that on, that is where you can live, that you don't need to have anxiety. The Bible says, don't have anxiety about anything. We're called to live in peace. It says here, 
He's saying, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. That means let that peace make your decisions for you. Let the peace that comes from Christ, which means you have to know what he has to say about things. You can't just lean on your own understanding. You can't just make it up and say, oh, God's giving me peace that I should move in with my boyfriend. It's that, that's not God giving you that peace. Or, you know, God's giving me peace that I don't need to pay taxes. Because there are things that, in, that are in the Bible that are contrary to that. And I know this is another controversial thing. But it does say in Romans 13, give to Caesar that which is Caesar's. Give to the United States government that which is the United States government's. Okay, am I going to get in trouble? Am I going to get a bunch of emails now? I know this is a controversial thing. It says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, that is the body of Christ, you are called to live in peace. Get that. Listen to this again. You are called to live in peace. In other words, God didn't call you to be freaked out. He didn't call you to be stressed out. He doesn't expect you to have anxiety or strife. He expects you to trust him. Because ultimately, you can't have, you can't have peace if you don't have faith in the goodness of God. It's just not possible. And lastly, on this Verse, always be, what? Be thankful when things go your own way. Be thankful when God answers your prayer just the way you want. Or when? When, when are we thankful? When? Always, even when you're having a terrible day. Yeah? Are you sure? I don't know about that. Always? How is that even possible? How is that possible to always be thankful? I'll tell you how it's possible. It's a choice. You choose to give God thanks regardless of what's going on. You find something to thank God in. You're going to see this over and over in this passage. Be thankful. Be thankful. Have a thankful heart. This is something we're called to over and over and over again. And I will tell you, thankful people are the happiest people. And they're the most pleasant people to be around. I, I... had a friend who, um, whenever we would all, we'd go out as couples and whenever we'd go out to dinner, he, oh, it was always so embarrassing because he was so ungracious and, and so unthankful. You know, he would just demand from the wait staff and it was just like, oh, I would want to crawl under the table and try to overcompensate, you know, be thankful the the people that serve you in a restaurant be nice to them. Be thankful. Be, don't be the, the guy that when the wait staff sees you come in, they're like, oh, not them again. Be the one they say, oh, I can't wait. I want that table. Can I have that table? Be that person. Be so kind and gentle and loving and patient and thankful that they want to wait on you. They want to serve you. Even though that's their job, you still can be nice. You can still be thankful to them. So, There are appropriate uniforms and there are inappropriate uniforms. As you know, if if somebody who's um, coming to fight a fire in your house is dressed in a lifeguard uniform, you wouldn't feel very confident, would you? Or if if the surgeon who is coming to do surgery on you walks in with a firefighter uniform on, you wouldn't really feel very comfortable, right? I mean... On a construction site, flip-flops are probably not considered appropriate 
to their uniform. Or has anybody ever heard of bridal sweats? No, because there are no such thing. <laughs> there are bridal gowns and bridal dresses, but what, I mean, there aren't very many brides who are going to wear sweats to their own wedding. Anybody know anybody? Anybody wear sweats to your own wedding? No, probably not. Because you want to wear that $1,200 dress or whatever, however much wedding dresses cost, you know, and you want to look beautiful. You don't want to wear sweats. That would be considered an inappropriate piece of clothing to wear. Or if uh, a woman is going to have a baby, um, it would be weird to see the the doctor have a catcher's mitt. I mean, that just would be weird. <laughs> you know, there are just certain things that are not appropriate, things that you... That, that aren't appropriate for whatever job. And it's saying here that in Colossians 3.16, it says, it says, let the message about Christ in all its fullness fill your lives. In the NIV, it said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It's saying, whatever you read about in the Bible, and let me just say this, the Bible is not something that you just check off your to-do list. The Bible is a gift that you're supposed to read for your, for, for your growth and for joy. And um, sometimes rather than reading the Bible, you know the Bible will read you. Do you know what I mean by that? Like you'll be reading and you'll be like, okay, that, I do not line up to this. But the Lord is doing whatever he's doing and whatever he's showing you in the Bible and, and go into it expecting to get something. It is considered life. For the believer, it is life. Jesus is the word. That is our life. And so it's saying, let that message or let the word of Christ dwell in you in all its richness and let it fill your lives. Teach and counsel one another with all the wisdom that he gives. This is one of my little soapboxes. If you're going to be giving people advice, make sure that it lines up with what God's word says, okay? If you call yourself a Christian and you're talking to another believer, make sure that you're saying things that line up with God's word. And don't start giving them your own like weird twist on whatever. Because the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It's saying that our minds can become darkened when we, when we focus on our own thoughts. Things get unclear. But the Bible brings light and it brings clarity. And so it's saying, teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Talk to each other about what, what is the Lord saying to you right now in the word? What is the Lord teaching you? What is his spirit showing you through the Bible? And it says... Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. These are three different types of songs that you can sing. It says, sing these to God. The psalms are like singing the word of God. Hymns are like Christian songs and spiritual songs. I, I have started doing this, just kind of sitting in my prayer chair, just singing these songs to God, just kind of making them up on the fly. Most of them I wouldn't want anyone to ever hear because they're weird, but um, but I'm like pouring out my heart to God and it's brought me this kind of sweet, sweet intimacy with the Lord. You know, I'm just singing, singing his word or singing these songs to God. And, and that's what this is talking about here. And it says to do it with a thankful heart. Again, making the choice to be thankful. You know, it's so easy sometimes when we, when we start to pray and we just start either tattling on other people or we just start complaining and telling God how, how terrible things are for us. And he's calling us to be thankful, calling us to give thanks and to sing to him. 
So um, when you start, when you open up the Bible and when you start reading the Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to, to bring to your, like, your attention, I guess, and your focus, whatever the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you specifically. He will do that. He will start to speak really clearly and really specifically if you come into it with an expectant heart. And, you know, people say, oh, there's so many verses I don't understand in the Bible. It's, it's not the ones that I, under, that I don't understand that bother me. It's the ones that I do understand that show me, like, where it says, always be thankful. Or where it says, you know, put on peace when I'm stressed out. It's, you know, those are the ones it's like, oh, I, I understand this, but this is, this is a challenge. And, and the Lord knows. He understands that. And that's why he's promised that he would give us everything we need for life and godliness. That's the promise of the Lord. So all we have to do is ask him. Say, Lord, I don't understand what, what your word is saying to me. Speak to me today by your word. Lord, I believe that you want to. I believe you want to talk to me. Because we are called to represent Christ. We are called to be his ambassadors. And again, that's why I want to ask you, you know, what is your reputation at work? Do you know what your reputation is? Do people know that you're a believer? Do they know that you believe in Jesus? Because how embarrassing would that be for them to find out that you're a Christian and you've just been a total jerk to them? That'd be rough, right? It says in Colossians 3:17, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. That means to stand at that at that closet of your character, pull out the things he's asked of you. He's asked you to be humble. He's asked you to prefer others. He's asked you to over all of it to put on love. That's what he's asking of us. And he's giving us the ability to do it. He's not asking us to do this and then stepping back and going, go ahead, figure it out. He's saying, I'm right here with you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, it's not, it's not prideful to say that. It's, it's actually humility to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's actually being humble to say that. And he's promised us this. This is the promise of the Lord. It says um, in, uh, in the NIV, it says, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, be a representative of Jesus Christ. Stand at the closet in the morning and rather than picking out criticism and picking out anger, and unforgiveness, and crabbiness. Stand at the closet and pick out humility, and love, and peace, and forgiveness, and grace. You can make that choice. He's promised that you could make that choice. And this is one of the reasons why I think this is so cool. Did you know that if you do have these outfits on that the Lord has given you, the the wardrobe of godly character... The, the unbeliever will actually be convicted by looking at your life. And that will actually be something that will draw them to Christ. Not by you standing there having arguments with them over doctrine or beliefs. That, that doesn't win people to Jesus. 
It's only by the spirit of God. But as you honor the spirit of God and as you become the person God's called you to be, it says in 1 Peter 3, it says, in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope you have. Saying, always be prepared. Do people come up to you and say, what is it about you? You are so different. And not in an icky way. <laughs> like, what is it about you? Like, what do you believe? Like, what religion are you? You know, it's, it says here, we need to be prepared in case someone ever asks you that, to give a defense for the, for the hope that you have. It says, but respond with gentleness and respect. And this is cool. Keeping a clear conscience so that, listen to this now, those who slander you will be put to shame by your good behavior in Christ. It's saying, it's saying that when they see how kind and gentle and patient and loving and peaceful and forgiving, when they see these things in you, they're going to be convicted. There's a story of an evangelist who was on the train back in the, in the early 1900s, and his name was Smith Wigglesworth. Poor guy. Smith Wigglesworth. Um, but he was on this train, and he was just sitting there. It was one of those, you know, where they have the three seats facing the other three sides. And he was sitting there, and this guy got on, and all of a sudden he's like, I am so convicted by you. And he got up and ran off the train. Smith Wigglesworth hadn't said one word to him. He was just sitting there. And this guy got so convicted. Do you have that effect on people? Because I know I don't, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Not that I want people to run off the train when they see me, but, <laughs> but we are supposed to be so loving and, so, and such good ad- ambassadors for Christ that people will actually be convicted by the Holy Spirit and come to know him. And that is what we're called to do, is to wear these clothes that God has provided for us in this closet in this wardrobe that he has offered us through Christ, that we can wear those clothes so much so that people will be drawn to Jesus. People who have no hope will be given hope. People who, who have no ability to forgive will, will learn what it means to forgive. People who are, who are dead in their trespasses and their sins can be brought to eternal life by us letting the Holy Spirit function and operate through us through the decision that we make to take out those clothes out of the closet and put on things that honor God. Is that what you want to do? Let me ask you what, do you, what do you wear when you leave your house? Do you wear these things? Do you wear kindness and patience and humility and faithfulness and grace and all these things? Or do you wear bitterness and judgment and criticism what, what, do, what do people see when they look at you? Do they see a godly, kind, loving person? Because that's our goal. That is our goal as believers in Jesus is that we would be, we would be known, that our reputation would be people of love, great love and acceptance and grace in the same way that we have been accepted and that the grace that has been poured out for us. Do people see mercy in you? 
Do they see kindness? Do they see humility? Do they see gentleness and patience, grace, forgiveness, peace, all of these things, gratitude? Are you known for being a thankful person? And are you known as a person of love? At work, are you known as the gossip? Or are you known as the person who will cover over people? Jesus has promised he would give us the ability to put on these things and he's, he's promised us that he would do it through us as we open ourselves up. So can we do that? Can we stand before the Lord and just ask him to change us, to transform us? You know, that's what I've been praying as I've been walking around um, praying through the building just and praying in this room is that this would be a place of transformation. That this would be a place where people could come and be changed to be more and more like Jesus. That's my prayer. So if you don't mind, would you lift your hands up and invite the Holy Spirit? Lord, we, we come before you, Lord. We, we come before you in great humility. Lord, we know that you are a great, great God. And we know that we don't deserve the forgiveness that you offered for us the sacrifice that you gave for us when you went to the cross and paid the price for our sins, when you paid the penalty. Lord, but we are grateful. We're so grateful. And Lord, we just want to come before you and we um, just in, in line with what your Bible says, Lord, we want to just put off those old things. We want to put off bitterness and anger and rage and malice and filthy language and idolatry and lust and greed. All those things, Lord. We want to put off... Um, just caustic behavior, Lord, and, and, and rude behavior, Lord. We want to put off those things. God, can you please put a, a new outfit on us, Lord? We open ourselves up to you. Fill us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Can you just ask him, just say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Just say that just between you and the Lord. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Let us represent you well. Lord, let us be known as people of love and grace. God, let us have the reputation for being kind and patient and gentle. Lord, we love you and we are so grateful for such a great salvation. We offer ourselves to you, Lord, again. Let our light shine before men that they can see our good works and glorify you, Lord. That's our desire. That's our prayer. Lord, and we ask that you would send the broken. Lord, that you would send those who are hurting. You would send those who are hungry, Lord, and that we would, we would take care of them, Lord, and we would lead them to you and show them who you are. In the name of Jesus, amen.